following podcast is intended for an adult audience only. It contains strong language, strong accents, strong opinions and themes of a sexual nature. So if you're under 18 or difficult to please, this isn't the podcast for you. This is Varying Degrees, a BDSM podcast. I am your host, Cool Hands. And my co-host here with me this evening is Burns. Hey, Jim. I'm doing all right, actually. I was meant to tell you, actually, as COVID restrictions are starting to be removed, I managed to get out to a little event recently. And that event was run by our guest, Miss Gold. Hello, Miss Gold. Thank you for joining us this evening. Hi, both. Thanks for having me. Thank you once again for joining us, Miss Gold. This is the first time we would have had a proper in-depth conversation or met properly, so I'm really looking forward to having you on this evening and learning a little bit about a subject that I'm not overly familiar with. So thank you very much. You're welcome. So, Miss Gold, so, I'll let you introduce the event as it's your event to introduce. Um, yeah, you came along to our picnic, didn't you? It's the Femdom Fem- mm. South in the absence of us all being able to... So this could just be my skewed perception of it, but when I look at forums online and maybe see seeking ads or people looking about how to find a partner, it tends to come across that male subs are a lot more centred around what they would like to do and what they would want in their ads it tends to be a lot more focused on themselves whereas I see more uh, ads with female submissives don't tend to be weighted so heavily rightly or wrongly don't see the language doesn't sort of seem to be catered towards more of their own needs it tends to be you know in terms of what they can do for their partner now it could just be my perception or it could also be that maybe some male submissives don't articulate themselves very well and and are a lot more genuine than they would seem and maybe if that is the case I don't know maybe you've got some suggestions of how male submissives entering the scene can come across not quite so disingenuous with their motives perhaps or with the language and their approach I don't know do you ever maybe it's my perception maybe that isn't a a problem at all yeah I mean I guess I, I perhaps don't uh, see so many of the female submissives ads, so I've not perhaps got that contrast. But in terms of it, I think some of it comes back down to what we were talking about in terms of the archetypes. Um, and I think, I think in terms of, you know, and we all have limits and we all have boundaries. Like it's, it's completely okay for a person to say, I just want X, Y, and Z done. That's what I want. But I think I think the issue is is when people perhaps aren't so honest and upfront about that, or perhaps or don't use the language about that. So I think there'd be some people that would kind of say I'm a slave, I'm this, that, and the other, but then kind of give a a list of specific things that they want done to them, which is more around which I think was what you were alluding to, and you know, and it's more around that person's wanting their their needs met or their you know their 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 kinks met and that's okay if that person wants that done but if that's what you want just set your stall out and be honest about that and kind of say actually 
I'm not a slave. I'm not a submissive. Um, maybe I'm a bottom. And for a couple of hours, I want some play with someone who equally likes doing the same thing as me. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, and I just think people aren't straight about that. And I think what happens Mm. is you will get guys that go on there. uh, And um, so I've so in the past, I've um, I used to because I can be quite service orientated in some ways. And I've advertised before for service submissives to come and do tasks for me. um, So painting and decorating or, or, or whatever. And and the responses I would get back you know, you'd, you'd get so many people responses back and it, it's a lot of admin to go through and you'd get a lot of guys that would be like, well, I'll come and paint your room, but, and then you get, well, can I wear stockings? Can you spank me? Can you do this? And can you do that? And it's like, I've clearly said in my advert, I want a service submissive to come and do something for me. I'm not offering you anything. That That's not part of the deal. So what you're talking about definitely does, does happen. But there's also a lot of people out there who are, are quite genuine about about what they're asking for and about about what they want and, and what they're expecting back in that um but i don't you know i don't think i don't think there's anything wrong if a guy or a girl but if a submissive you know what they want what what their needs are is to meet up with play for someone and and have a, an exchange of a certain thing i think that's okay but it's about when that's wrapped mm. up in in a dialogue around i'm a slave i'm a submissive i want to do x y and z for, for you and to you and, and their motivations you know that's very subcentric it's not very you know it's about it's about them and it's about their needs would you say and this this may be quite difficult to answer it may be very easy to answer but would you say that this is in some part linked to how men and women are socialised differently and that men tend to be socialised to, I go and get this, I do this, whereas women are more socialised to, you are the person who is there to please a person or, you know, to do things for people, whereas the man goes out and does the doing. You know, I'm not saying that's right or whatever, but I'm just saying traditionally those are like... The, the, the roles that people kind of gravitate to or are at least told about if you like i don't know i think um i think if you take if you take kink out of it and if you take femdom out of it um you will see men are a lot more comfortable you know if if one went to a um a spa or a swinging event or whatever you know, you, you see men are a lot more comfortable in that environment or you will see a lot more men in that environment just going there purely to get their needs met. Um, and that's completely OK. I've been to many swinging events and spas, you know, um, like, a, you know, I, I'm somebody that would class myself as says, quite liberated. But I think if you just look, if you, you take femdom and kink out of it, you, you know, you tend to see men in terms of getting their sexual needs met um you know you have many men there and you might only have a few women and i just think it it filters back to my mind in some ways i think it filters back down to that so i think there's a difference to someone that's on fet life um who's wanting to submit in terms of psychologically submit and be involved in a kind of female-led relationship or be involved in power exchange to somebody who wants to meet up for play and and have kinky sex. I think those two things are very different things. 
and I think they get clumped together. So just moving on slightly from those questions, what would you say, and we might have touched on this already, what would you say are the most common frustrations for Tom's? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of traffic, there's a lot of messages and there's not, you know, that come through, you, you get, um, so it's not being treated, it's not, not being treated like a person, just being treated, you know, the, the messages um, that come through and they're not even, hi, hello, there's nothing. It's just like offers of service or, or offers of um, sex or, or, or whatever, you know. So it's, 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 yeah, I think that's a big thing, being, being treated, being objectified and treated like a, somebody that's to meet their sexual needs rather than um, a person just you know just mm. a message that's a nice polite message the same type of message that you might send somebody in the vanilla world is far more appreciated than a hey hey babe <laughs> or like mm. or hey mistress you know so kind of like they, they, they've clearly not read your profile or anything well but, so that you know in terms of that was gonna be one of my next things is about you know lots of people will will very clearly say on their profile about how to message how to respond you know their likes and their dislikes um whether whether they're even open to messages so yes yeah, so, so not not taking the time you know if someone can't take the time to read your profile um how are they ever going to take the time to to engage in a meaningful relationship in in any way and i think for me and, and again we've touched on it is about this people misrepresenting themselves the really shitty thing is though that we know from talking to friends and from your experience and talking to friends that this isn't something that female doms experience this is something that all women experience on sites like this because submissives and any other woman labeling or identifying as any role gets hordes and hordes of messages to filter through of people being demanding or inappropriate or not approaching them as they would in the vanilla world so like we know that this is this is a well i say it's a woman's it's a men's problem it's a problem with us i mean hopefully not me personally but it's it's a problem with a male gender isn't it rather than male submissives yeah i i would yeah I think I'd be inclined to um, agree with that to a certain extent. And I, I think also, I think, you know, within that, there's lots of amazing people out there as well. And that that's the, you know, there, there's lots of, but yeah, you have to get through quite quite a lot. This is why Munches is the best thing to go to. Just get out there and, and see people, meet people in the mm. real world and, and go to Munches. And, and then you get a feel for people. Um but yes, one of the, so one of the, in terms of things that are annoying or that it, it's about people misrepresenting themselves. And by that, what I mean is one of the common things, because engaging in a dynamic or a relationship of, of some, with somebody, now whether that's a 24, you know, whether you're living with someone or, or, or maybe um, having a play partner or dating or, or being a key holder, we've not really spoken about chastity and that side of things, but in terms of the the investment from the dom in terms of the emotional um labor load that comes with that you know it's a huge investment and i think one of the frustrations is is that we will get approached by someone and chat to someone and start something um and invest quite a lot of an emotional energy in that process 
whether it's being a key holder or, or, or having, you know, a relationship. And then, you know, and someone presenting as a submissive and they want all these different things. But then when it comes to it, perhaps or, or, or very soon after they've had a first play session or, or something like that, they disengage. So it's about this, like I said earlier, it's about, you know, it's okay if someone's interest in it is more around the kink side and the bedroom side, that's completely okay. But own that, mm. you know, don't don't kind of say that you're a service submissive and you want X, Y, and Z if that's not you, because that's mm. not everyone. And that's, a, you know, that's a, a big commitment to make. And so it's about that misrepresentation. And I know lots of women um, will talk about that, that they think they've met someone that they can form, you know, a really intense connection with and have longevity with and, and, and all the things this person said that they were and wanted quite you know quite quickly it it becomes evident that that wasn't the case i think this is probably where a lot of people will use the phrases fake dom or fake sub uh, which i feel is almost quite a glib way of saying what you've said really you know you've put it in a much clearer manner of this person is misrepresenting what they want either intentionally or not but yeah. that they're misrepresenting it. Um, and I think that that's perhaps why people have been using those terms so much mm. recently, because it's it's maybe not entirely accurate, but it more or less gets across the heart of what's going on. And uh, yeah, yeah so, I think, so I think, you know, I think there's lots of different types of subs and there's lots of different types of, you know, there's lots of different ways people can be a dominant and there's lots of different types of subs. And I, I so I think it's, but I think, you know, that takes time. I think for many people as well, um, they don't know. Like, I think for many, especially the newer um, submissive men that come on the scene, they, you know, they, they don't know perhaps that. And it's about that that education and that research and spending time and that self-awareness um, as well. Um, and those things take time. Absolutely. One more yeah. thing. What advice, if any would you give to aspiring lifestyle doms what advice um sound like a broken record but go to munches <laughs> just because i think you know if, if someone's kind of newer onto the scene i think it's really good to to reach out and find a mentor there's lots of amazing people out there that would happily mentor and support newer people onto the scene yeah so i definitely recommend that i would dec- recommend joining some of the groups that are on fet life i would recommend reading some books um i always Rika is quite a good book to read for someone that's kind of interested in a more um female-led relationship side of things um but there's loads of other great resources but yeah reach out talk to people connect yeah and find you know find some like-minded find some other doms that are like-minded to you because like 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 we said you know there's lots of different ways to do this so um and not be not be um yeah not be put off because i think sometimes there can be you know it can be easy to think oh but if i don't like doing x y and z or if i don't like this then then am i really on the right path but i guess the thing about it is is about yeah you do what you want to do and you do it in the way you want to do it as long as it's safe consensual and all those things so that yeah and don't jump in too quickly with submissives as well (laughs) take your time with them take your time to find the right people and have fun what advice would you give submissives then new submissives if that's for doms you know what what would you say to 
new submissive men who maybe don't have any connections in the scene and don't know how to what's expected of them when they they step onto the scene and try and put themselves across yeah again come go you know meet people in person go to munches um some amazing women i know run a group called house of command on fet life which is part part of that is about supporting new submissives to kind of understand about the lifestyle and and they've got um resources on there about what to expect at your first event what to expect at your first month how how to send a message how to approach people yeah so yeah just educate yourself and find again find a mentor reach out to other people that have been around um in the scene for for a while and don't be and and again things like the archetypes are really interesting and quite important you know just because you're just because you're I think it's very easy for some people to think well I need to behave in this way and I you know I've met new submissives to the scene or 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 not new submissives to the scene that have been like but I don't like impact play I don't like pain you know no one's going to want to play with me because because I don't like these things but what you know what I really want to do is just serve someone and it's like and it's just about trying, you know, for me, it's, that's amazing to have someone that's completely, all they want to do is, is serve their job. They're not interested in, you know, in being played with it in that way. So I think it's about breaking down some of those preconceived ideas about what being a dom or what being a, a submissive looks like. To have normal, normal munches, hopefully soon. Um, we've hosted a couple of picnics over the summer, which have been lovely. It's been really lovely to kind of see people, see people in the flesh again, rather than than chatting to everyone virtually over a computer screen. Um, so we had, I think it was, it was about twenty five people that came along to to the last to the last month. We had many faces there of people that have come to, you know, be good friends, I guess, from the community over time. Um, but there was also some quite a few new faces of people that came. Um, and some of the people who were there, it was their first event, their first ever event. Mm. Um, so their first post-COVID event and their first ever um, time attending a month. And, you know, they've come quite a long way as well. The, for the Femdom Munch South, most of the people that come to the Munch are from outside of Reading, actually. Um, but one particular guy there, um, who was so nervous about coming in, he was there with his bike, um, and he he lived down by the, down by the coast, and so he cycled to the train station. He got two trains, um, and then cycled to come and meet us. Yeah, yeah, and it's just brilliant. And I think that's just um, yeah, a testament to the the Femdom Munch, everyone who tends it, and and how welcoming and supportive they are. We've got um, an events page on FetLife as well, so quite frequently people will message beforehand if they're feeling a bit anxious or a bit worried about coming, mm. and are arranged to meet people um, sometimes beforehand or exchange a few messages. So hopefully that helps people feel a bit more comfortable about about coming as well. Um, but it was lovely, and there's lots of cake, and you brought so some much cake. cake. Didn't you? Yeah, I say spiced brownie, I believe it was. There's some excellent lemon tart as well. There, there's lemon meringue pie, lemon tart. There was your brownie, and then we had some lovely cupcakes, and mm-hmm. um, we had some biscuits, some sausage rolls, all homemade. I was very impressed. It's a long time since I've eaten quite so much baked goods in an afternoon. It was brilliant, but it's lovely, and it's just that sense of community that that um with the munch as well and it's always been like that yeah it's really lovely and it's lovely 
we're looking forward to um more more kind of in-person meetings yeah coming forward really i guess so from very soon where we'll, we'll all be able to um meet in larger groups inside i know there's some events that are starting up soon over the summer um, we've got another event the next month that we're doing. Very excited about it. It's going to be a slightly different format. It's going to be like a, a play month. So it's going to be a cross between a social, um, but we're holding yeah. it in a kink venue. So we're going to have the first couple of hours, which will just be like a, a normal month where people can come and chat and meet. And, and then after that, if people want to stay on and use some of the private rooms and use some of the equipment, they can, which is quite a, quite a unique thing for a month, really, to mm. be able to do that. So we're really excited mm. about that. That's at the beginning of August, actually. And also because it's in a kink venue, people get dressed up. Like Femdom's amazing mm. for getting mm. dressed up, whether you're whatever side of the coin you're on. Um, I love getting dressed up. Can't really, can't really rock up into your pub in town in your in your fetish gear. So that that would be nice element to have that at a munch as well. Hmm. I do like a play munch because there was a uh, a localish small venue that used to do play munches pre-COVID, and I went a couple of times. And I like it. It's not quite as full on as a, a full dungeon or night event. It's a little bit more relaxed and so, sort of. For me, it's a little bit more. I don't know if it's just because it's in the middle of a day or you know an, an afternoon and that but it just felt a little bit more like a relaxed light-hearted play event you know that munch aspect kind of made it made it a bit more of that direction for me obviously other events are going to be different and other people are going to have different opinions on what an event felt like but yeah no, that's what I like about them yeah I think you're spot on I think some of the more for some some of the other events can feel especially for newer people if you're going by yourself I think feel a bit or people report they can feel a bit intimidating and a bit, you know, a little bit anxious about going. Whereas uh, I think you're right. I think a play munch kind of bridges the gap between between the two of them. But one of some of the questions I've been getting actually from people is about, but I don't want to play. Um, so, so yes, you know, just because it's a play munch, there's no people don't have to. I think some newer people feeling a bit anxious about the expectation of going somewhere and 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 having to get involved in play. But obviously, obviously, no one, you know, people don't have to do that. But yeah, so that's really exciting to to. Um, I'm very much looking forward to events starting again. So I'm sure everyone is ready, or most people are. Mm. Hmm. yeah we're, we're just having the in-person events slowly slowly either starting or the planning of what will happen in this area we had a, a picnic munch that i organized recently in line with covid restrictions and you know that was just great to see some people that i've you know grown to consider good friends over the last sort of five years but actually haven't seen in person for over a year now and a couple of new faces uh, you were telling me a new face uh and faces new to me but not entirely if that makes any sense at all no no it does it does we can get back to events and uh, uh, more but miss gold could you tell us a wee bit more about yourself how you first found the scene how you first got involved in female-led relationships yeah so i first found the scene i was introduced to the scene by a play partner that i kind of met through through other avenues about five six years ago and that's kind of, that was kind of how I first met FetLife in terms of that thing. I think I've always I've I've always classed myself as someone who who's liberated, shall we shall we say, in in terms of, some of my lifestyle choices over the years. And I remember I remember at school I remember fancying this boy at school, 
and and you know my way of showing him that I liked him was to uh, try and beat him up and get in a fight with him and wrestle him to the floor so apparently not everyone does that but um who knew at that age but um so I think there's always been an element of kind of that within me and I think I look at my earlier relationships they were very much um female led didn't perhaps have the the same level of kink side of things in them yes yeah, so it's always been there but yeah more recent years when I've kind of found fet life in the scene and then and then a few years ago kind of um started uh hosting the film John Munch South um and currently so currently um living with my partner um my submissive and my partner so we we currently live together and um, so we're 24 7 living together but not and we do have you know a female and I think that you know I think the terms female-led relationship DS uh, um people kind of use uh, and kink you know people change and use those terms but I think they can mean very different things and you can't you know some people do have female-led relationships that don't have any kink involved in them at all mm. um and some people you know perhaps a DS relationship isn't the same necessarily as a female-led relationship um I would say ours is female-led and more so than than DS um you know and you have some people for them that they're kink is in the bedroom only and outside of the bedroom everything's you know 50 50 and uh, and um completely you know vanilla so um but yeah so I would say where I'm probably on that spectrum in the middle I guess I don't I'm not one for I couldn't handle having loads of really strict firm rules I think that would be too much for me in terms of um having to manage that to be fair um but I know for other people that's their thing and you know and they really thrive off that so I guess the important thing is 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 that we yeah we just find our place and we all do what's comfortable what's comfortable for us and what works for us so it's very interesting it, it leads on in a way to something you mentioned when we were at the picnic you were talking about variety in femdom and female-led relationships and you mentioned DS archetypes would you Kathy, uh, mentioned something about that for our listeners. Yeah, I think the architect's a really interesting thing. We've um, there's so it's one of the I have to dig out the name of the the group, but one of the groups on FetLife has posted a kind of link to this, and they've got uh, there's more submissive archetypes listed there actually than there mm. are dominant archetypes. But they kind of just break them down, and I guess many of us would probably um, straddle more more than one, but they kind of just yeah break them down so I guess for an example you might have um somebody who's very you know authoritarian and for them they very much like that that structure and 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 they like the DS side of things in terms of having rules and 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 consequences and you might have someone on the other end of the spectrum that's very much more nurturing so they might identify as more of a, a, a mummy or nurture side of things. Amazon arch- archetype is another one, and she's quite. Um, I think she likes to thrill the chase. She likes to mm. go and hunt and find her, find her submissive and capture him and wrestle him. And um, she's very much into the community as well. And you might have a, some people identify more as a goddess. A goddess perhaps wants to sit there and be served and be worshipped. But yeah, so I think it's really important for people to perhaps identify who they are and yeah, what 
what their needs are within that and then that helps one find the the right partner with that as well so you know lots of lots of submissives will I think when they're newer perhaps identify as a slave or or a submissive um and I think it's really interesting to you know some people some submissives they want to be have every decision made for them you know they want to be told every last thing whereas other submissives don't want to do that at all you know they want the autonomy to kind of make decisions and, and do what they want and some people are very service orientated um and you know and get true pleasure from doing things for their dominant and serving them that's where they mm. get their pleasure other people are more you know they they more need rewards um and you know and there's no right or wrong um yeah it's just about people figuring out that who they are but yeah definitely me- recommends anybody who's who's in the scene to have a have a read of the archetypes we you do mean- it we've done it at the munches before sometimes actually we've printed them off at the munches and kind of given them to people to read which has always been quite interesting mm. you mentioned hunting would that be <laughs> would, would that be related in any way to an event called the cruel huntress by any way means <sighs> hunting the cruel huntress i love the cruel huntress so the cruel huntress does um yeah and i slightly some people i slightly if i was to put myself down as some of the archetypes some people have um i kind of straddle maybe the amazon and then the nurturer would, would be where i would sit i think in them and, and and yes the cruel huntress is it's run it's an event that's run by um some amazing women uh, from london way um, and they've been running it for many, many years, actually. But I think it's um, and it's not a huge event. I think there's probably I think it's probably limited to about 25 women, I think, um, and submissives. And basically it's in a secret location and the guys are given or the submissives, because there's female submissives as well, are given a, um, a head shield and a jock strap, and they're sent off into the woods. And then we go after them with our paintball guns and we capture them and shoot them or shoot them and capture them and um and then torment them but it's all very um yeah it's all it's all done very safely the the game the the day is structured into games um the first game is normally about 40 minutes and the submissives they have a tag around their neck which has their limits on there so so you know we have a safety brief then and we you know we have to make sure we're obviously not getting too close to them everyone's got head shields on and stuff mm. but yeah it's great fun we we go we shoot them capture them and then then we can play with them or make them roll in stinging nettles or do whatever whatever make them lick our boots or whatever we so wish uh, within their limits and then set them free and then they kind of go off and then we move on to the next person and then they have and then everyone kind of comes together and and we have a break in between and then they have other games and we've had space invader games and um, other hunting games it's brilliant it's one of the best events so and it's there's such a community there people go back year after year and they do winter parties and and it's just this yeah you just it's just this um big family that kind of evolves and um and grows from it as well i've met some amazing people through to attending their events and it's an event that lots of people want to attend to it sells out quickly with with regards to community events and such it sounds like there's some really fun play events you know and that aspect within the femdom community but for people that are maybe exploring female-led relationships what other reasons do you think there are for them potentially wanting to get involved 
with their local community other than sort of play events because some people might look to get involved with the community but their play aspect and the aspect of it may only be something they want to engage in at home so what else is there do you know what I mean what else do people get from the community what else is there what else do people get from the community yeah well you know if if if, if a couple were exploring female-led relationships so why might they want to start exploring events you know what I mean munches just a great way to connect with people and like-minded people uh, and get support and ideas and you know because some of the things that some of the things that we some of the things that we want to do and do do to our partners many people would not think are normal <laughs> and and you know and sometimes it can it, I think it's just good to connect with like-minded people um and and talk through these things uh, and develop friendships um I suppose you've got the aspect of it that you could have you you're bound to just like when people start exploring any aspect of themselves it could turn out that they discover stuff about themselves that is counter to the way they've been raised and there are many people in many sort of different parts of the country and the world and different types of local communities where they're still raised in a very male-led traditional you know patriarchal you know and it might be weird for some people wanting to explore either a submissive role due to how they were raised or women thinking you know wanting to maybe explore a female relationship depending on how they were raised in their community and culture yeah i guess i think my observations are i think the the submissive man finds that journey more challenging i mean in terms of so you you in term, when I see newer people coming to munches and events, newer women, women tend to reach out a lot more to other women and they, they, you know, they might want to say hello and someone say hello when they get there, but they're quite comfortable in that. Whereas I tend to find with, with the submissive men that they can find that and they can be a, be a little bit more, oh, I don't want to come, someone might see me. Um, what if someone people find out about it and all that type of things whereas you don't I don't tend to get that quite so much from from the female side of things but even you know even there's the femdom side of things but even um just in terms of yeah kink and some of the things you know some of the things what what we to know it's not you were if I was to talk to my vanilla friends about leaving my partner locked in a cage all night they <laughs> I've been calling the police whereas you know to be able to sit with other people and just talk about that and 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 that be a, a normal thing and get tips on how to you know do things better or, or or whatever I just think um and all yeah and it's just like you're saying sometimes yeah just to be have other people around because sometimes you get those moments and you're just like oh my god <laughs> like I can't believe I just did that um, yeah, so it, it is good, and you know, and I guess also c- come into um, yeah, you just meet other people, and there's a lot, you know, you've got the events that are advertised that everyone knows about, but within the community, you know, there's lots of private like dinner parties or tea party. You know, you you tend to get groups of friends like you do in any community. I guess you get groups of friends that that develop, and and you get lots of like fun things that happen. So it's you know, it's good mm-hmm. to connect and. And, you know, meet people for that as well. So you've mentioned previously that you've been involved to some degree with CFNM events. And for those listeners that don't know, those are clothed female, naked male 
events, would those be similar to the kind of the tea parties and things that you've just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're brilliant. So we've um, had a couple of dinner parties um, and the, the premise of the ones that I've hosted have been around Dom's dinners. So it's been a, a group of uh, my friends together uh, and it's we've just... It's been about us having a lovely evening and we've been served by by yeah the the male submissives that will be naked or they might have a penny on um and i was i was going to ask pardon the interruption i was just going to ask are they allowed <laughs> are they allowed to wear an apron while they're doing the cooking well sometimes that's preferable for them to wear <laughs> So where are they from when doing the kitchen? But yeah, they 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 were what we've done different different themes um at different things. But yeah, so um for all tents and purposes they're naked and and yeah, and they just serve us. And then we, we either have a bell or my favorite thing is I have a um uh, a dog collar, electric shock collar, which goes around the testicles so that's quite a good way to get someone's attention. It vibrates as well. So I'm not we're not always shocking people, but um but yeah, so but so we have our when we want something, we will summons them. Um, yeah, we just get served foot massages, food, drink. Um, you know, the, the expectation is they're attentive to our needs and, and make sure that we're all looked after. And after after dinner entertainment is very important as well. We tend to have different themes, or we had one that was a Olympic theme. Um, so we had the submissives doing, um, they were in competition with each other. So we had weightlifting one time where the guys had to, they attached parachutes to their testicles. So it's this band that goes round um, above the balls um, with loops that hang down and hang heavy weights on. So they were having a weightlifting competition to see who could hang the heaviest weight off the balls. Or tug of war competitions where they had nipple clamps on and, and they had to... Um, on two of them to to see who could uh who was the strongest with the tug of war and the nipple clamps so just fun just fun things they're, they're, yeah they're, they're just fun evenings where we're served by and entertained by by the na- naked guys I, I think in my experience kink private kink evenings tend to be a lot more light-hearted and fun than you know uh, an outside outsider looking in might assume they are you know, they tend to be, in my experience, quite quite fun, light-hearted evenings, kinky evenings all around uh, with friends. Well, I suppose people who don't know anything about it would assume that it's sort of quite serious and seedy, and if there's power exchange involved, it's all very serious. But that, in my limited experience so far, is seldom the case. Yeah, I think maybe what the outside world perceives goes on in, in a femdom relationship is probably quite different <laughs> to, to kind of what happens day to day, because, you know, it's just, you know, Life go, you know, life happens, doesn't it? It's like in the majority of the time. Um, so even though I guess for me, the bottom line is, you know, if I want something, you know, I expect it's within reason. I expect, you know, if I want a cup of tea, I expect to have my cup of tea. But, you know, most of the time, if anyone was to look in, it's just a normal relationship. It's just that that maybe maybe the distribution of tasks might be more lean towards my partner doing them than me. Or it's more that, that I choose when I want to do them. You know, I, I would do as much cooking um, as he, but I just choose when I want to do it and delegate when I don't, I guess. Mm. But yeah, most of the time it's pretty normal. It's pretty, it's just fun. It's just, you know. Personally, I authority-led relationships, and that's why I'm saying choosing my words quite carefully, is because I think my view on them has changed over the year, because I used to use the word 
I used to refer to them as power exchange relationships, but within my dynamics, I don't see myself as having any more or less power. And power exchange is a fine term for those that use it, and it is a good term, it's a grand term, it's a common one, but it's more authority transfer, authority led, as opposed to sort of having power. And, you know, like you were saying, it's not that necessarily that you do less, but you choose what and what you get to choose what and when. And I think for any relationship to be successful, people probably need to contribute equally in some measure, don't they? Yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah, I guess, you know, it just depends what that equal looks like. Yeah. And equal is then, I guess, equal is not about both parties doing 50% 50 of the share. Equal for me is about people's needs being equally met. But how Mm. needs are met, especially, you know, within DS and key and key, it's very complex. So it's not about it's not about people doing 50 50% of the housework it's just about their needs being met around that and it might be for one couple what meets their needs it meet you know I, I know people who identify slaves and they you know and then uh, you know a really good couple friends of ours that that you know the partner I, I suspect he, he does all the housework and all the cooking and everything and that but that that his needs are equally being met through that process as hers are having it done so it's it's yeah mm. i think i think that's very for me that's a really important distinction between the um about the actual doing and, and the meat and the needs mm. so bit of an interesting question how do you feel we could do better with educating people regarding protocol and associated etiquette and whose responsibility is that really yeah so I mean, I'm a big fan of personal responsibility at most things in life, to be mm-hmm. fair. Um, uh, you know, if I was, oh, if, you know, I, I'm really into my cycling and racing. Um, so if I'm taking up a new sport or a new activity, it's my responsibility to research that to keep myself safe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think in terms of people coming into the scene, you know, there, there, there's a responsibility there for, for that person um to do what they need to do to keep them their themselves um safe within that um in terms of etiquette and protocol you know i'd expect somebody to do the same around that however within that in any um in any community group or or workplace or or whatever you know you see the more experienced or the older people kind of sharing their knowledge and handing down you know that information so I think you know I think ultimately it's personal responsibility to kind of um, seek out things and reach out to people and ask questions and read things Um, and then but equally for, for people who have that knowledge and experience to kind of yeah, to share that and point people in the right directions. So I think it's a, I think it's it's both, but but ultimately, for me, it's about personal responsibility. Yeah, and in terms of um, how we can do better and where where to go, yeah, there's some you know, I was saying earlier at the at the munch that the last picnic munch, there was at least three people there where it's their first event and their first munch, you know, and I think it was a couple of them beforehand they sent me messages. And we've been chatting. And then since then, um, you know, one of them sent me messages and was asking questions um, about it. And so I think, you know, the, the good, you know, the, the people within the community, the good people will 
seek out that information and they will mm. conduct themselves in an appropriate way or if, if they do do something that that perhaps um somebody is offended by you know they listen and they take take on board that but there that yeah there are a lot of good resources on both fat life and and um, the internet that people can access so i think i think it's very interesting that you make that point and, and thank you for making it because i think one of the common complaints is maybe something we'll talk about a little bit later but one of the common complaints you tend to see for people is getting a message saying like oh i'm really keen to learn i'm really keen to learn and all this when what they're trying to do is just get into somebody's pants for want of a better phrase you know it's just like right you could you could teach me you could be and it's like well, well no like do a bit of the research yourself and maybe come along to some events rather than just kind of zooming in on one person you know yeah i mean you get a lot of messages <laughs> there's a lot of traffic on fit life so my scold you'd mentioned a group on fit life i believe it was submissive men and women who love them and you said that the link to the DS archetypes was on there somewhere. Yeah, it is. It's in there underneath uh, one of the stickies in there. There's lots of good information in there. It just talks about femdom, different types of femdom, uh, lots of good discussions that are really beneficial to newer people joining the scene as well. But mm. yeah, there's a sticky in there that talks about the archetypes, which I've shared many a times with many a people. And I think it's always generated some really good discussions. And I think it's I think many people have found it quite helpful in terms of help them navigate their way through through their journey through femdomatry. I think I had a quick wee look on the Fet Life group earlier, and I believe that there was discussions on their posts going back about 13 years. So it's, it sounds like that group has a wealth of information for the beginner and perhaps even some useful reference points for people a bit more experienced in the scene. Yeah, definitely. There's lots of really good discussions that, that come up in there. And you see newer people and people that have been around in the scene um, sharing their knowledge. One of the things that commonly comes up or questions that get asked um, in femdom groups that I see is around kind of certain acts and whether a certain do, whether a dom can do a certain act. And I think quite the thing that it will come back to quite a lot within the femdom is about it's the intent behind the act, not the act itself. But it's really interesting to kind of read some of the discussions that go on around some of those topics. And no act, no act onto itself is inherently submissive, is it? It's down to context, I think, in, in every occasion and who who is desiring who to do it and who is choosing to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's about the yeah, exactly that. It's about the intent behind behind the act. So one I think some conversations that maybe new or perceived to be newer people that will or females would talk about uh, would be given um blowjobs, for example. And mm. so you will see it come up and some people will struggle with it and they kind of say, Well, you know, if I'm a dom, how can I do that? And and you know, and then there'll be a whole load of other women that will be in support of but if you want to do it, you do it. The whole idea, you know, in, in femdom is about that the women's empowered to do what she wants and, uh, and get her needs met and you know if, if one wants to do that to their to their partner 
then you know go ahead and do it but it's yeah it's really interesting and it's really supportive i mean there's many supportive groups on on fet life but it is a really supportive group so fet life has got loads of resources on there and lots of different people's lived experiences but there are some people that might not use it have you got any reading recommendations or any other sort of resources you could sort of you've that have helped you on your journey perhaps yeah i think one that's quite common amongst the femdom scene is um uniquely rika by mrs rika some people love it some people hate it it's very much around a female-led relationship this was her first book uniquely rika and it's a really simple book it really breaks it down it talks about having a female-led relationship developed on top of a base relationship so it talks about you know it talks about a premise of a loving relationship between two between you know two consenting adults and all those healthy things that need to be there for a positive relationship are already there it talks about developing a female-led relationship as a layer on top of that and she very much talks about the it's about the intent as well and she talks about the difference between subcentric and dom-centric behaviors she she kind of breaks it down in and again it is very service orientated but she talks around you know if somebody is truly a service orientated submissive then they will get a lot of their pleasure and their reward from serving and doing you know doing things um for their mistress um you know some mistresses like to have a submissive who does who anticipates their need and, and will kind of go around tasks and do tasks without being asked. Another mistress might be someone that, that's a lot more likes to dictate specifically every last detail of what they want done. But she talks about, you know, it's a submissive's kind of job, so to speak, to kind of learn and understand, you know, their mistress and how they like that. And she talks about the importance she uses the words gifts in terms of her in terms of play and her doing um nice things and doing things to or for her partner but she talks about them in gifts rather than rewards which comes back down to you know the submissive should serve in her opinion because they want to and they get they get their reward is the joy that they get um not doing it because they they're going to get play at the end and equally not doing it to be punished she's not somebody that that believes in that you should have to heavily punish and cane or, or whatever you know whatever your choice is for your partner again it's like your submissive partner is an adult they make a choice to be in a female-led relationship and they should conduct themselves accordingly um, but another bit that lots of people talk about is um, Renee Lanes which is finding love through female domination and she's the other end of the spectrum she she's fierce she um believes in corporal punishment she has Wednesday I think it was Wednesday night um Canaan sessions just to remind him of his place Sunday night is very much Sunday was very much around infractions so she would keep a record throughout the week of all the things that he didn't do right and then there would be you know infractions on a Sunday so they're two very different examples of how one might choose to set up a female-led relationship and I think I think Renee Lane's book is more it's written in journal entries between her and her butler. And it's more written as a novel that you're reading it, whereas Uniquely Rika is more as a um, a book that's kind of advising you and telling you how to do something. Um, but they're both good reads. I recommend them both. And they both both these um, have groups on FetLife as well. But, yeah, they're definitely good, good reads. But there's lots of good. There's lots of good books out there. But they're definitely the two that crop up the most, I think, amongst people. There's a couple of things I kind of take away from that is one is that it's 
it's very much not one size fits all, which I think yeah. is something you said. And I, you know, I found it really interesting spending, you know, time with my friends, and I'm very fortunate to have a close circle of friends that are within the lifestyle. And when we get together and have our ladies' tea parties, or, or, or just, you know, we have WhatsApp groups together, we are all completely different. You know, our expectations of, of how we expect our partners to behave are all completely different. How we want to be served are all completely different. And um, yeah, there's no, and there's no. There's no right or wrong. And there's no, I think you can get some people, I think, you know, I said previously about if somebody's interest in femdom is for a couple of hours, once a month for a play session, that's okay. And if someone's interested in femdom is 24-7 high protocol relationship, that's okay. And it's not about being better or worse. It's just different. And it's just about, you know, people finding their, you know, their own way within that, within that really. I think also I said earlier, it's a about people being honest about that though being honest about you know what their needs are within that and, and where they fit i think i think your comments about honesty there really are very important and highlight the need to communicate and to make sure that what what you're asking and for in a relationship and what the other person's needs are is what is actually there and not something based on a false impression of you kind of second guessing what their motives might be or what they're trying to say you know rather than just bulldoze them and say right this is what I've decided you're saying or this is what I've decided you want you make sure that you actually find out what it actually is that they want and go from there yeah communication is key isn't it I mean it's key anyway but it's definitely you know it's even more key within within the BDSM lifestyle um and I think you know sometimes we don't know I guess we don't know until we try things. I think sometimes we can be so, you know, I remember a time when I was perhaps had this idea about how I wanted my 24-7 lifestyle to be. And, you know, and you go down that road and, and um, some, you know, sometimes as, as a dorm, it's like, God, that's quite exhausting, actually. I don't, you know, you think you want, one may think they want things a bit more structured or, or to have more protocol but it's yeah, you, you know, sometimes you do have to try things um, to realise they're perhaps not right for you. But yeah, it's about that. I guess as you go on that journey, it's about that open communication with with your partner. Um, and there's always, you know, there's always a compromise when in any relationship. There's always a compromise of sorts. But it, yeah, it's about being a healthy compromise, I guess. And I think I said before, and you know, for me, it's about regardless of any power exchange or what dynamic people are in it's important that people's needs are met equally so their wants might not be met equally and if there's a power exchange there as well but within that people's needs should be met equally you know that the person who's maybe given up the power you know that's that's their needs are being met through that process in the same way in an equal way um you know it changes in it and it shifts and moves slightly it's not always 50 50 equal but in a in an equal way as the person taking the power. So yeah, so for me the, the needs being met is fundamental. But the wants, the wants aren't always so clear cut. Do you guys have you're saying about protocols making me think what level of protocol do you have sort of around the home? For instance, is there a protocol around sitting down for dinner or who eats first, him being able to go to like the restroom, for example, or anything? No, so we have rituals. We have a nighttime ritual that we do. And then we have 
chastity um but chastity for me isn't about someone being locked up 24 7 because i don't think that's healthy i don't think that's physically healthy um and people need to you know he likes playing football um and also i like playing with cocks if it's locked up all the time i can't always get to it so but we have chastity in terms of i have that control um i say when it's locked up and when it's not uh, and i He's not allowed to come without my permission. So we have those type of things. We have a um, we have tried other things in terms of asking permission to eat. I don't really or, or things like if he wants to play a computer game, perhaps he'd ask permission for that. Um, for those type of things. But the the general underlying element is if I ask for something, if I ask for a bath to be run. Um, or if I ask for my shirt to be ironed, then then it it gets done. That's the basic underlying thread that that runs through, rather than it being any more kind of structured routines throughout the day. I don't have the headspace for it personally. I know for other people that might work work for them. And I think yeah. you find people that have more more routines. You know, they've probably been together quite a long time and built them up over over time as well. Mm. Mm, yeah, no, I, I I would agree. We didn't. I've got a, a one of my dynamics is has sort of a medium amount of protocol, and we didn't just. It wasn't that from day one. It kind of filtered in over time, and to the point, you know, and, and in a way where it was never stuff that had to be. It was arduous to remember. It was just easy to do because it was just a natural progression. But you know, like you're saying, it is there is no one size fits all, and and some what well, some people would find to be hard work others find relaxing and what some people would find relaxing others would find to be hard work it depends what else you've got going on in your life right you know so bit of an awkward question well this doesn't come across as disrespectful in any way but is there anything that you've ever had in your relationship where you've looked back and thought you know I've done that wrong or felt you've had to apologize for anything and I mean I know that that might seem a certainly a high protocol doms might think that an impertinent question but it's not no, meant as one no I think um yeah I think we all we always we all get doesn't matter who we are we get things wrong <laughs> and I think it's important in any relationship to be able to reflect on things and go do you know what I didn't do that quite right maybe next time I'll do it differently and I think it's even more so you know the importance of that is even greater when you kind of bring BDSM power dynamics into the relationship so I you know I would yeah the thought the thought of somebody just because they they call themselves a dom not being able to do that doesn't sit comfortably with me I think it's even more important to be able to do that if you're the one that's going to take some responsibility for making decisions for somebody for somebody else then if, if you're not if you're not able to go I got that wrong or I I could do that better next time then yeah I find for me that quite concerning but um what things have I done I think there's things so within my relationship I think there's things that I've wanted to do that that I've felt would be really beneficial um and they've not you know they've not worked for us and I've we and you know and I've reflected on them that I think when we were writing our when we were agreeing our contract there was something quite specific within that that I wanted for a particular reason um, my partner wasn't so keen on it it wasn't a red 
you know, it wasn't a red flag or limit or anything like that, but he wasn't quite so keen on it, but we kind of went with it. And actually, after a period of time, I was able to, to reflect. And I think what I felt that would achieve, it didn't achieve. I was able to achieve that in a different way. So I very quick, well, I say very quickly, but after a few weeks, I kind of went back and said, actually, you know, that, that's, I don't need that. That that isn't. Yeah, it's not having the desired outcome. It's not not working. Um, so there's been things like that where there's things that I've that I've wanted or I've wanted to try, um, that haven't worked out the way that I envisaged they would. And you know, I've gone back and and yeah, we've changed them or we've removed them. Yeah, I think it's important. I always yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important to be able to be able to go. Yeah, didn't get that one right. <laughs> Do you, do you ever renegotiate or revisit your contract? Or do you have like set periods or do you just do it ad hoc? I mean, when we initially set it up, um, we agreed negotiation periods within that. You know, for us, we're in a different phase of that at the moment. But yes, I would encourage, I think it's really important for people who have contracts to revisit them and renegotiate them. You know, every, you know, at least like every six months, I think too, too frequently. I don't think that's great. Um, but yes, hundred percent. I would encourage people every six months to to revisit that, and I just think it really reminds you of of where you're at and why why you do some of the things that you do. I think yeah, I think it's a nice thing to do. In the same way, it might be someone renewing their wedding vows or something. I think it you know it's I think it's a nice thing to do. And like you know, like we said, things change. What you know, the, the people were a year ago or things that we liked a couple of years ago, they change over time. So. I think contract needs to change to reflect those things. Thank you. That's, that's very interesting. So, Miss Gold, do you have any final thoughts for us on Femdom? Final thoughts on Femdom. Have fun. <laughs> overall, like, uh, yeah, overall, it, it's, it, you know, it needs to be fun. If you find yourself in a situation where, where maintaining kind of the lifestyle, so to speak, becomes more stressful and more hassle then then you're getting fulfillment and fun out of it then it's definitely time to 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 change things and and like like we said you know one do you know be true to yourself one size doesn't fit all there's many different ways uh, about navigating femdom and relationships and play and don't get too caught up in in some of the bullshit that's out there you know be be yourself don't don't try and subscribe to what other people suggest that you should be um yeah be yourself and enjoy and have fun and remember that people are the vending machines <laughs> do you know i got i was at um a well-known femdom club recently and i was there for the evening with my partner my submissive had a collar on had a lead on we were together all night walking around and this guy came over to me and he was like, can I buy you a drink? And I was like, no, thank you. I mean, I felt like saying yes and asking for a really nice drink and then telling him to do one. But I was like, I just said no. And then he came over again and he's like, can I buy you a drink? And at this point, I'm sat on like a high chair with my partner at my feet, worshipping my feet on a collar and a lead, you know, and I'm all sat there. And he again, he comes over while this is going on, offers to buy me a drink, politely said no. And then he's like, can it be my turn after he's? I was just, <laughs> I was just like, you having a laugh? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> 
But I have to say, to, to come to that, um, my partner was um, telling me a story. So he went off to the ladies and he was dressed up. And anyone that knows my partner knows that he likes to wear skirts and stockings uh, and little little ankle shoes. And I had him in shackles as well. So he's tottering around on these little ankle shoes, like through the nightclub. And um, apparently, he, you know, he said he came out of the bathroom and this lady turned around to him and said it'd be really fun to push you over and he's like why you know and she was being quite um boisterous and just being like well it'd be fun and he was like well you know you'd have to answer to miss gold if you did and she was just like yeah, i don't care so i think it's very easy i guess the reason why i'm telling that story is because i think it's very easy to kind of be like yes women aren't you know kink dispensers um for submissive guys and submissive guys need to behave better and that there is an element of truth in that, but it does go both ways. I've seen some shocking behaviours at clubs and events from females as well. So, and I, I, yeah, I just think it's really important to recognise. <laughs> yeah, it happens on both sides sometimes as well. Don't be a prick is the message there, yeah. I guess. Yes, indeed. It is time for the Encyclopedia of Unusual Sexual Practices once again. And we're starting off with a kind of obvious one this time. Any guesses on kleptophilia? So sexual gratification from stealing things or having things stolen. Yeah, well, klept is to steal or hide. So to steal or hide. So kleptophilia is, you know, philia being attachment to uh, the act of becoming sexually aroused by stealing objects. This differs somewhat from a kleptomaniac who usually has an uncontrollable urge to steal items they don't need. Um, so, you know, it's different to kleptomania because you might not get any real gratification from it, but you have that urge just to steal. Whereas kleptophilia, you may not have an addiction, but when it does take place, you are aroused by it. I suppose if you're going to do kleptophilia role play, what would you do? Just leave your wallet laying around and, <laughs> and tell your partner they can sort of lift it and tuck it away at some point. Some kind of cops and robbers situation. Really yeah. We pair quite well with interrogation play, I suppose. You, well, you, you catch somebody stealing something and then you take them down the old nick and yeah. um, role play, role play uh, the interrogation. Yeah. I mean, you could even put them in a cage, get the whole DS femdom connection in there, you know, why not? The whole, the whole shebang. Okay, then. Here's a harder one for you both. Miss Gold? Any guesses on clismophilia? Uh, clismophilia. No. I can spell it if you want it. Go on then. K-L-I-S-M-A-philia. Clismophilia. No? No. Burns? I know I know, because I cheated, because I looked this one up. Oh, you dirty <laughs> dog. You dirt, go on then, you tell us. I, I sent it? it to you. Oh, yeah. is it? Enemas. Sexual excitement from enemas. Enemas. Aye. Mm. Brilliant. Well, brilliant if you enjoy it. <laughs> but it also then goes on to include golden enemas, if if you'd like to hazard a guess at what a golden enema is. I mean, <laughs> has it got anything to do with urine? Uh, unfortunately, it does, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Miss Gold. Uh, Kokigami. It's about K-O-K-I-Gami. Kokigami. I have no idea. Is it thanks to bending penises? Mm. Close oh. enough. Yeah, yeah, you get half a point for that. If we were doing points, which we're not, you'd I'd get, get half, half a point. point. You'd get half a point, yeah. Kokigami, the cocky 
is a cloth worn around the waist by Japanese actors used as a prop gami paper and the art of wrapping the penis in a paper costume. The 8th century Japanese aristocrats practiced this. You know, Excellent. so I've got this sort of um, 8th century uh, aristocrats. So I've got this kind of very old and sort of oriental sort of aristocrat, kind of very, you know, stiff upper lip, formal situation in my mind where they've all got their cocks wrapped. Wrapped in paper. Again, this this, this sounds like it'd pair quite well with the Femdom stuff, because you could have that as like a parade for which sub has the best one. Well, you say that, you say that actually, because it goes on, it involves also silk ribbons and intricate designs that could include dragons and there's jewels. Um, there were competitions, treasures, trophies. There's some really weird quotes on here about burning tongues and dark caves, uh, fingers curled like claws. Um, yeah, they're quite elaborate. One of, one of my um, favourite things to do on a rainy Sunday afternoon, I got a box of ribbons and sticky on eyes and pens and stuff. And me and my friends, we would like bind and wrap our partner's penises and, and stick feathers and make... make yeah, never knew it had a name. Well, there you go. You've, you've been practising this ancient Japanese tradition for years without even realising. Thank you for carrying it on. Need to keep need to keep it going, I reckon. Lactophilia? It's a bit obvious. It's a bit obvious. Well, that involves milk, surely. Yeah, I mean, were my actions? Did my did my my sort of is it breast, like breastfeeding? Yeah, it is. It's uh, arousal from lactating, essentially. But there is uh, all sorts. I tell you what, we're going to skip L because there wasn't any in L, and there was a couple that I really liked in N. Uh, if you want a couple from N, I'll give you nas nasophilia. Come on, nasophilia. I mean, it sounds like noses. Mm, mm. Nasophilia, naso for nose, philia for attachments too, refers to the arousal from the sight, touch, or act of licking, sucking a partner's nose. The reason people are enamoured with this activity varies. Nasolingus. Would that be like two people doing their nose things together? And uh, really licking the inside of a nose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the one, mate. It's getting your tongue up inside there and really having a root around and, and enjoying it. Sorry, we've lowered the tone. But, right, necrophilia's on here, but I thought we'd skip that, right? Because there was another one. It just reminds me of the old, the old joke. My friend told me I was in the sadism, necrophilia and bestiality. But I told him he was flogging a dead horse. They're not getting any better, these jokes. No, no, they're not. I never said they would. Do you want a really dark one? Do you want a really dark, a really dark one? Like darker than necrophilia? Oh, God, what's that going to be then? No, sophilia. Nosophilia, N-O-S-O, nosophilia. Nosophilia refers to those who are aroused from acknowledge that their partner is terminally ill. Oh, God. That's, yeah, that's dark. That's, that's dark, isn't not it? pleasant. That's, that's fucking dark. I watched this, it's not quite as bad as that, I watched this film, I can't remember the name of it, it's a comedy set in Australia. 
and it's it's kink and BDSM related and it goes off on these um stories about different couples and their relationships and there was one one of the storylines is this lady is with this partner and sex was really boring and she never used to come and she'd just be lying there thinking in England and then he came home one day and he was upset about something and he was crying and then all of a sudden she was really horny and was jumping him and having sex and then she set about her mission to cause him to be upset and to cry um so she'd get aroused and it's quite funny some of the the lengths that she went to in terms of um making him cry so she could get turned on and shag him it was quite interesting well after no after nosophilia i think i need to end on normophilia i think i need normophilia to reset after nosophilia having sex with normal people spot on pretty much normophilia coined by uh, john money is a condition of being sexually uh, of being in sexual conformity with the standard as directed by customary religious and legal authority. So um, compared to nosophilia, I, I think I would take normophilia any day. Let's let's have uh, let's lighten it up a bit. Burns, have you got a jocanorty? I I have. So oh, yes. Mm. Give it to me. 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 We have for this episode of the podcast. We have the 1997 winner of the Bad Sex and Fiction Awards, Nicholas Royal, with an excerpt from The Matter of the Heart. But Ambrose banished the thought and reached for a condom. Yasmin grinned and writhed on the bed, arching her back, making a noise somewhere between a beached seal and a police siren. And then he was there, slowly at first, dead slow. She liked that, he knew. Then speeding up gradually to gain a rhythm until he was punching smoothly in and out of her, like a sewing machine. Her noises increased in volume until she was producing a throaty ovulation. I mean, it's not terribly erotic, is it? Punching in and out of her like a sewing machine. I mean, a, a noise somewhere between a beached seal and a police siren. I just, words fail me. Throaty undulation tips me over the edge. Just, yeah, throaty. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. Throaty makes me think of Hall's Suthers adverts. Have which... you ever had anyone suck you off after having a menthol? Or indeed go down on you, Miss Gold? I mean, uh, toothpaste after brushing your teeth. Because mm. it's tingly. Mm. Have you ever had tiger balm on the end of your penis? I, I've, had it, I've had it so close to my dick that the whole region felt like it was on fire, but I don't think it really made direct contact. So you I, didn't had... see, I didn't see God or the devil, so I don't think it could have made direct contact. So you haven't had it rubbed down the ends of your japsite? And... I can't think of a single reason why I would allow that to happen ever. I mean, for some, I guess coming back to the toothpaste question, I think I know some people that um, they wouldn't like that. It's too over, over stimulating and tingly, whereas for other people, it's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because I wouldn't like Tiger Balm, 
uh, smeared around the tip and just because it puts the fear in me, other people I'm sure would be really up for that and incredibly aroused to that, just like, um, you know, there are people I play with who in, enjoy, you know, torture and various extreme stimulation. It's bold of you to admit one of your weaknesses there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. Tiger Balm, mate. You don't mess with Tiger Balm. You do not mess with Tiger Balm. It's serious. Serious stuff. So, thank you for joining us, Miss Gold. It's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show and, and sharing a little bit of your world with us and with the listeners. And, you know, hopefully it's given some people some really interesting stuff to think about and maybe some people who are looking to explore Femdom for the first time that bit of inspiration to sort of dive in and look for those resources and look for that network thank you so much for having me it's been great it's been really lovely chatting chatting with you both and and uh, yeah being able to talk about one of my favorite topics femdom it's great thank you and i think we've barely scratched the surface to be honest well like you always say burns you know there's no harm in having um you know miss gold you're welcome to come back anytime and, and catch up with us Guests are always welcome back on. It's always great to hear what's going on in your lives and your wider community's lives and the scene in general. So thank you once again. And I think we can pretty much leave it there. Mm.